right, welcome everyone. I know it's been a while since my last podcast. Um, no excuse. I've just been lazy. Uh, I've got Simran here in the studio with me. She's a a young entrepreneur who's done a lot of different types of stuff. Keeps herself always busy, and I'm proud to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. It's proud to be here. So, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, so the audience can know who you are. So I'm still a student. I'm studying at the American University of Sharjah. Uh, I'm studying finance with a minor in management information systems. Um, a huge tech enthusiast. Been like that since I was very young and introduced to Apple for the first time. <laughs> um, what else? Tell us a little bit about your projects. So Bluefin is a smart robot that can collect floating aquatic waste in commercial water bodies. And by commercial water bodies, I mean water bodies that are close to mainland and that is usually the contamination point where waste is thrown into the water and then drifts out into the ocean and why did you target that specific area because so if you guys don't know already the great pacific garbage patch is one of the largest of its kind uh and today it's about 19 times the size of the uae and so the way the waste gets there is by drifting from these closer you know, water bodies close to mainland where people usually throw it in and then it drifts out and adds to this huge waste circle thing in the ocean. That's that's pretty big. How many times is bigger than the UAE? 19 times. That's massive. And what type of, it's, it's all plastic or other types of garbage? So it's all kinds of plastic, uh, all kinds of waste actually. And it, it goes from over water to also beneath water. So you you'll find microplastics under the water which are so tiny that fishes end up actually eating them and that's how like there's been research done that that's how it gets into the human digestive system because that's how small the microplastics are and that's happens because plastic doesn't biodegrade Mm -hmm. and so essentially over time it just breaks down and so plastic is also closely tied into climate change and the reason that is is because every time plastic breaks down it'll emit about 8.26 grams of carbon emission Everything sounds terrible, what you just told me. I, I feel like I should be more upset. Before we get into the detail of the solution that you have and what your um, organization is doing, uh, how worried should we be about this problem? Well, the UN just came out and said we have 12 years to limit the problem of climate change. So you tell me. And this is a significant contributing factor or just like, okay, we got some garbage floating around. So what? So it's, it's not, it's more than that, right? So it's climate change. It's our marine life. It's, it's the ecosystem in general. It's the whole thing. Uh, marine life is dying. They're get they're eating waste. They have waste getting stuck around them because they can't differentiate between. So for example, um, a fish can't differentiate between a plastic bag and jellyfish. And so a lot of the times, so much of our marine life has been impacted just because of the waste that's gone out there. And it stays there because no one's picking it up. So we all need to be more environmentally conscious, you know, stop using single-use plastics, all that type of stuff. I had previously, I've had speakers and guests that we've talked to. Funnily enough, it's all been along the lines of sustainability and environment and whatnot. And we've talked about a lot of different things. Your solution seems to be targeting... A, a very niche um, gap. Why do you feel that that area is a critical point? Because no one else is doing that. And our our way to tackle the problem is by prevention. So 
we can't go directly out to the ocean because of the limitations the product has right now, which obviously we would like to work on. But apart from the fact that the waste collection operation that currently occurs in these areas, which is manual, literally, you have like a boat with two employees and two nets going around, it's just not efficient enough. And so the amount of waste going out into the ocean and whatever people are trying to do to pick it up, it's it's still compounding and becoming bigger. So we're not we're not able to reduce this number. Okay, makes sense. So you're catching it before it gets into the ocean. Your so your strategy is let's cut it off before it gets to the to the problem, and then you know we can have somebody else tackle the mess that's already there. But at least let's not add to it and kind of cut it off early. I think that's a very smart strategy. Talk to me more about your product itself. Uh, walk us through how it, what does it look like? How does it work? So Bluefin is about 1.8 meters by one uh, current design. And we have a waste basket that has a capacity of around 300, uh, 370, 750 uh, milliliter bottles. That's how much our waste basket can collect okay. in terms of like to quantify it a bit for you. Mm-hmm. Um we're still testing how much, like how it will like translate to uh, when we run our actual operations. Mm-hmm. Bluefin can also run manually, which is like remote control. We use uh, telemetry for that. And it can also run autonomously. Now in the autonomous side, we kind of break it down to two things. One is we where, where we use geofencing and kind of, it's kind of like Google Maps for Bluefin. We'll, we'll create a route and then Bluefin will kind of just follow on that route. And because we have a smart lid, that lid will open and close as and when that waste is detected. Now we're taking this one step forward and now trying to locate waste as well so that Bluefin can go directly to the point of contamination. Okay, so it's t- like a tiny little rubber dinghy that goes around collecting stuff? Yeah, think of a Roomba. Yeah, I was just going to mention yeah. Um, I've got a Roomba in the house. It just kind of switches on. It just zips around the house. It avoids the tables and the chairs and whatnot. And then it just kind of goes back and docks itself. And so you, you're, you're telling me um, what I understood is your product, you have options in terms of operations. So everything from somebody sitting at the end, edge of the lake or the lagoon or whatnot and running it with a remote control all the way to autonomous uh, detecting the trash, collecting the trash. What happens uh, when the basket is full? So we're we're implementing sensors inside the basket, which will no- so we have a smart interface to go along with it as well. And so we kind of just get a notification, and it depends on which mode it's running in. If it's running manually, obviously you'll have to drive it back. But in the case that it runs autonomously, in that case it'll just come back to dock. So we kind of put it down as base or home, however you want to call that. So it fills up, comes back to home. Right. We empty the basket or swap out or whatever is the case, and then it goes back again. Absolutely. So if we look at, let's say, you know, you're, you're here based out of uh, UAE. If we look at the bodies of water in the UAE, we have, you know, for example, the marina. We have the various lagoons in Sharjah. We have like the Al-Qudra lakes and whatnot. And we have tons of little man-made lakes all over the place. How quick is the deployment? I mean, how quickly can you hit market? Like if I come to you and say, Simran... I've got this lake behind my house and there's trash floating around. One of your, you know, uh, bluefin devices, boat needs to be in the water. How quickly is it go time? So we're aiming to be there uh, as soon as you ask for it in like maybe the next three, four days, we'll be able to give it to you. That's what we're aiming to do once we launch. Fantastic. Fantastic. And then 
you know, we talked about autonomous and semi-autonomous in, in terms of its operations, but how do I, how do I empty out the trash or how do I take, well, like who handles that part of it? Or is that something that like the existing municipality will do or the developer will do? What's, cause I'm just trying to think end to end what's going to happen. So it depends on who we're working with. Uh, so for example, with the support of Shira and Bia, we're starting our pilot program very soon. And because we'd be working with a company like Bia that already has that infrastructure in place, that waste that is collected goes to them so that they can appropriately recycle it. Oh, that's fantastic. So not only do you collect the waste, you send it back for recycling. Absolutely. Where's the future? Where's the next application? I think you guys have a wonderful product and an amazing service. I think you've identified a very interesting uh, point in that supply chain, if I may say, in the supply chain of you know me drinking from a bottle of water to it ending up in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. So you're kind of catching it at a certain gateway, which is, I think, is, is brilliant. But aside from, you know, the Roomba of the sea, where's this going? So the two places we're looking at, so one is going deeper into the ocean. So that, and we're targeting rapid deployment, especially with oil spills, because we recognize that that is a very big problem here uh, in the UAE and around the world in general as well. Talk to me more about oil spills. This is very interesting. I was actually watching a documentary last week. Uh, about oil spills and how we have so many more oil spills actually happening around the world than are actually reported in the news. Even things that, you know, you don't consider, you just think, oh, a tanker must have got hit, it's leaking oil. What a lot of people don't realize is when they are washing the tankers and cleaning them out, there's a little bit of spillage here and there that ends up in the ocean. How are you planning to adapt uh, Bluefin for taking care of oil? The other thing is, surprisingly, there's a lot of oil spills around the ports area which I was not aware of until I did some research into it. So the way you want to adapt the technology is with rapid deployment. So essentially, so what we understand about the industry is that they already have uh, drones. They already have a lot of predictive analytics software that's, you know, working on kind of looking or locating where the oil spill is and uh, trying to predict if it might happen close to a rig or not. And so where we kind of come in is that rapid deployment that we could just send a bluefin out uh, for quick response so that it doesn't have enough time to damage the environment. Oh, that's fantastic. And as you were mentioning that you can have it to my location in like two days or three days, but I'm assuming that in, an, in a more critical uh, situation, you'll be able to do it much faster with, let's say, Fingers models. Crossed. Fantastic, fantastic. I think it's very smart. I mean, you've tackled a plastic waste. Your same product uh, can be adapted with minimal changes, I assume, and it can handle uh, oil spills. So the way we see it is that the product that would be optimized for sea or going into cleaning the garbage patch would mm-hmm. be would not differ much from the one uh, for oil spills. Okay. So there would be minimal change in that sense. All right. Um, some basic questions now, now that I'm thinking more of the design and I'm always going back to what I, I have at the house. I have this tiny little Roomba. It does a couple of rooms and then the battery's kaput and it's got to go back to charge. What's your, what's the average time your device can stay in water? So current, our, our current prototype does about eight hours on a 30 minute charge, which is a full charge. Mm-hmm. And so what we're trying to do is we want to incorporate renewable energy to have solar panels either on the body or at the charging dock so that this would now not be limited to that eight hours. However, that eight hours is the same. We're we're currently matching the shift time that the manual operation does. So when we talk about, like, for example, rapid deployment or sending out deeper into the ocean, that's when we want to have the renewable energy right on the, um, so that it'll continuously charge. 
to have solar panels or like look into energy generated from the waves that it's you know working on so that it'll it'll become more long lasting than that eight hours okay so existing model existing prototype that you have is eight hours on a full charge right uh, which is great but as you just mentioned it's adaptable to uh, of course it's a flexible design from what you explained to me Mm -hmm. so you can adapt it for maybe a larger battery solar panels recharge docks all of these sort of things and then now essentially you have almost unlimited time to get to wherever and what whatnot and get back and these we're also kind of looking at rechargeable like um, uh with some of the bikes out there the electric bikes you kind of just replace the battery Uh, so when it can't when it comes to dock you kind of just switch it out uh and put in a new battery and so we're looking into that but this is all very like research we're still researching the best way to optimize it because we don't know how much time we need especially for operations with oil spills or going deeper into the ocean sounds great it sounds to me like you've got a product that is modular highly customizable adaptable for different environments different situations different applications Uh, just a little point of clarity so the prototype you have now what can it currently do like what is ready to go so it'll collect all floating like floating waste in water bodies close to mainland so that would be like your Cusma canal your marina your dubai canal uh areas with relatively low tide so in looking like so in the uae you don't have a lot of high tide next to the coastline and Mm -hmm. so because of that bluefin has done really well going a little bit deeper Mm -hmm. however we've yet to test it's tight like how much tidal strength it can really handle okay so ready to deploy today is um closed bodies of water with minimal tidal issues yeah and you're and you're you're developing for the next stage and the next version and whatnot this is, this is great. I think it's a fantastic product, a fantastic service. Uh, just to recap, for those of you who didn't catch uh, catch me saying this early on, Simran is still in college. And she's a student and she's excelling at what she does. Just to switch over, you know, and you've talked about your product and your company. I think this is great. But just to switch over, how is it like being a student and an entrepreneur at the same time? It is hard. It takes a while to find the right balance. Uh, between having a life, going to classes and trying to stay on top of your work, and at the same time, focusing on work, uh, which in my opinion doesn't really feel like work. So the problem I have is kind of uh, to stop working and having to push myself and force myself to sit down and open the book and say, okay, I need to do this for my class tomorrow. So it's the balance. Yeah, it's the balance. And someone once told me that you just need to find your own balance. You know, everyone talks about this work-life balance that, okay, this is how it's supposed to be. You should be able to, you know, I don't know, work nine to five and then come back and switch off. But I, I don't think that's the right way. That's the right approach. I think everyone has a different balance uh, and it depends on what your goal is at the time. And then you just find your balance. I think that's very well said, finding your balance. Uh, very, very apt way to put it. I talk to a lot of young entrepreneurs, people who are still thinking of getting their ideas off the ground. They're still at the research stage. Some some of these young adults have actually started their businesses, find themselves struggling with managing their time. I think what you just um, pointed to with finding that balance and that balance is unique to yourself. I think that's really, really great advice. And talking about advice, what advice do you have for your fellow peers and other college students who are still thinking oh, I would love to do this business, but I just need to graduate first or I need to do these 10 things before. Is there something they should be waiting for or should they start now or tell me? 
just do it. I mean, I hope Nike doesn't sue me, but just do it. <laughs> like, stop um, stop waiting around for the right time. There's going to be no right time. Uh, after you graduate, it's going to be about, okay, I need to get a job. I Once you get a job, it's like, oh, I'm so comfortable right now in my uh, high salary paying, you know, I can live with this. Just do it. Oh, my That's goodness. It. You just heard this from a college kid. Words of wisdom. There's no right time and just do it. I couldn't agree with you more. Absolutely fantastic. I'm not going to keep you for long. Um, just to wrap up. And, you know, uh, my son actually got this idea at the beginning of the season. And this is the question of this season. What is the weirdest thing that you have ever eaten? So we have this desi dish called uh, Pani Puri. Okay. And so I really like it. It's kind of like circular breadish kind of thing and you poke a hole in it mm -hmm. and you put like chickpeas or potato and you have like you know a couple sauces and yeah. dip it in this green water and you kind of just put it in your mouth all at once and so i think the weirdest <laughs> time or the weirdest food i've ever had is pani puri from the street like in india that too um which i regretted the next day <laughs> I was just gonna say, sounds yeah. like a health scare right there. Yeah, um, it wasn't weird, but it was it was very different to the typical pani puri that I was used to eating. All right, all right, that's interesting. Uh, I've got a guy, <laughs> a non lethal pani puri available with my guy. I'll get you hooked up with my source after this. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate having you on the podcast. Um, could you share your website? for your product so the listeners can track you and stalk you yeah you guys can you guys can go to www.bluefin.io you guys can also go open your instagram where we post a lot more frequently and just find bluefin.io and you can find me on the simran chaudhry uh you can go there and get a link directly to bluefin.io as well fantastic guys i'll be posting all the links that she just mentioned for those of you who have terrible spelling like myself on the website and on the podcast itself Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. It was great having you. Thank you.